0: You're listening to WP Product Talk, presented by the WP Minute. WP Product Talk is a weekly discussion between two WordPress product experts, Kim Coleman from Paid Memberships Pro and Matt Cromwell from Stellar WP. Join them live each week on Twitter Spaces for Q&A or stay subscribed here to the feed that brings you your favorite five minutes of WordPress news every Wednesday. You can support us by visiting the wpminute.com slash support. Here we go with Kim and Matt on WP Product Talk.
1: This is WP Product Talk, something that we've been doing now for six weeks in a row, and it's been fun. It's been a good time. And we basically are just talking about the the business of doing products with WordPress in various ways. We've talked about onboarding teams, we've talked about whether or not you should ship new products or not, we've talked about freemium model stuff. We've talked about sunsetting plugins that aren't doing well. We've running we're running the gamut and it's been a good time I think overall. So, I want to do real quick a couple introductions, but for all of you listening in or around the Twitter sphere in any way if you have any questions or comments or Hopes or dreams or aspirations for this show, whatsoever, then tweet it out there with the hashtag WP Product Talk, and we'll be paying attention and uh, we'll try to chime in and uh, get you uh, highlighted in one form or another. Let's do a quick round of introductions. My name is Matt Cromwell. I am one of the co-founders of Gift WP, which is now a Product of Stellar WP, where we sell all kinds of awesome, creative plugins and themes and I have a big, fun team of doing lots of cool stuff together. I primarily work on operations and marketing. And every once in a while, I get to be really annoying to Zach. So we'll hear from him in a little bit. But Kim, introduce yourself.
2: Absolutely. Thanks, Matt. I am Kim Coleman. I've been building paid memberships pro for the last 12 years. And we're starting to create some additional products. One is called SiteWide Sales, which is a flash sales plugin, very useful for people who are thinking about Black Friday sales for a WooCommerce, PM Pro, or an EDD website. And then we have a team of 14 around the globe. Zach, awesome. you next.
3: Sure. I'm Zach Terrell. I am one of the general managers at, at Stellar WP. I've been overseeing the events calendar for for many, many years and that whole product business. And more recently, I've taken on Learn Dash and Restrict Content Pro into, into the suite of things that I oversee over here in the Stellarverse.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much for being here, Zach. Cool. Our topic today is nerd, excuse me, is when and why and how that you might want to contract or delegate work and ideally how to finance it as well. So it could be kind of like a a subject that kind of winds and twists into lots of other sub-subjects in one way or another. But generally speaking, like when it comes to building out your team and your product and your your workforce, sometimes contracting is the best solution. And when you want to do that or how you want to do that or how to make that choice is some of the stuff we want to talk about. That's something that honestly, I think, Kim, you might have brought up this subject and I was like... I don't feel like folks really talk about this very much, but I'd love to kick us off with just hearing from each of you on why you think this subject is important. Kim, what's your thought there? What, What was kind of your main motivator for this one?
2: For sure. I think a lot of people, you know, don't really know how to interview, don't know how to hire, don't know how to onboard, which are some topics we talked about. But in our business, we've seen contracting as a way to kind of get to know people, to give people a bite-sized project, and to see whether you want to keep working together. It's become a part of our hiring process that if every time we've strayed from it, we've made had major regrets from. So we're going to talk about contracting and delegating to kind of expand your team. But I think also I want to make sure we, we zero in on the fact that it's a great way to get to know someone to trial them out almost in, in a paid format that's really structured.
1: Well, that's awesome. Cool. Zach, what's your take? Why is this such an important subject or why is this so beneficial to especially small WordPress businesses?
3: Yeah, it's, it's funny. Contractors have been in the, the DNA of the events calendar business since the start. We were formed inside of Modern Tribe, which is an agency. And as you might imagine, with fluctuating project work and those kinds of things, they relied heavily on contractors. And so... We built the event calendar business very heavily on the backs of contracting out work, and and very much what Kim said is getting to know folks, bringing people in as as contractors on a project, or even doing a, a longer term contract with someone to to do maintenance work or support or or writing or any of these kinds of things, and then eventually those people going from contracting 10 or 15 hours a week to maybe becoming a full-time employee or a full-time staff member. And so we use that a lot. And then I've, I've done even more of it on sort of some, na- some niche projects within, since we moved to Liquid Web, things like like support in particular. It's, we've had some really great success and I'll talk some more about that as we go.
1: Awesome. Love it. Honestly, This subject for me, I feel like it's less of something that I'm as familiar with. We definitely have done some contracting and I'll share a little bit in our story time. But generally, we have really aired a lot more on the side of full-time employees or when we've had contractors, they've been like full-time contractors, essentially. And so I'm actually really anxious to just to learn from the two of you more and more. And when Kim brought it up, I was like, you know what? Zach knows a lot about this one. So I am anxious to hear more about it from Zach as well. So... That's where I'm at personally. So this is our story time. Kim, you have a comment there?
2: I was going to say what Zach said, like for the niche project work, we'll definitely touch on, you don't always have the same kind of skills needed to run the day-to-day of your product. But certainly if you like, like all of our plugins have add-ons, there's certain needs that take a deep level of expertise that might not be represented in your team. So super cool to find that expert, let them kind of code that thing, and along the way, teach your team that skill enough to be able to maintain it ongoing, but to do that heavy lift for you. So I'm sure we'll touch more on this, but I just wanted to echo what you said, Zach. That's super cool.
1: Cool, cool. So this is what we've been calling story time. It's kind of like a little segment that has kind of evolved over the course of the show, where we just go around the circle and we share a unique story related to the subject from our our experience in our past. And so what is one way in which you've used contracting in the past that has been really successful? Or we're always open to some kind of nightmare stories. So if you got something crazy and ridiculous that we'd love to hear about it. So Zach, we put you up first. What's your story time? Yeah, I'm really put the pressure on with me first. <laughs>
3: That's fine. So I'll talk a little bit about how we've used contractors for support. Support feels like one of those perfect areas yes. for contract help on your team. It's a it has the potential for being more of a, a high burnout, high turnover role, although we've we've been extraordinarily lucky on that front to have kept people for for many years in our support team. But being able to contract a support person at 20 hours a week while maybe they're they're aspiring to be a developer and they're they're doing building their own product or with an agency to do some dev work to support has worked really well for us over the years as a, a great way to get people who are highly skilled engaged in the team at more of a part-time capacity. And I, I've adored that. But when we when we transitioned to Liquid Web, we had this huge pressure to grow our support team pretty significantly. I think we almost doubled our support capacity in the first year or so in 2021. And growing that fast is really hard. So we started talking to level up. And I know, Matt, you're using them a little bit on on your side of the business now as well. But but Level up's is a contract support service in WordPress. And, you know, you guys don't have ads or anything like that, but I'll turn this into kind of an ad segment for Level Up. They've been the most amazing contract partner. They place full time support people right into our team that integrate with our team, work with our team. They're like, they're part of us. And we now have. Roughly a third of our first tier support through Level Up because it's been such a great partnership of, of, and their ability to recruit and train. And when people come and go, they replace them very, very quickly. That's an experience where we were struggling to even keep up with the recruiting capabilities. And suddenly we had a, a partner that could do that piece for us. And so that's just been a wonderful contracting experience for us on top of what was already an interesting strategy that we were using. It just kind of amplified it for us.
1: Nice. That's really interesting. I will echo that, especially because with support I have in the past with give, I was always very, very focused on full-time employee work for all support and getting to know level up is, is the first time I really worked with something like that. And I don't know if all of the type of contract agencies like level up are Anywhere near as good as Level Up is, but they're pretty amazing. I've been really impressed. And it definitely has added to our capacity on iThemes in particular, also iconic and, and cadence. They're they're using them to a lot of really good, both in technical support and even account services a bit as well.
2: So. Yeah, I did some early email chats with the team at Level Up. And what I think is the differentiator compared to other support contract services like this is that it's an individual placed. With your team we did try a support contract company and they just gave kind of this nameless x user but it was multiple people within their organization that would handle the the tickets so it was really hard for that person to understand the product deeply enough but putting someone within your team the way that level up does sounds like the perfect i'm, I'm loving that you're both recommending this service because if it is something we want to pursue the pricing is awesome and the model sounds perfect
1: yeah kim what about your story time
2: Sure. I want to talk about not hiring a developer contractor, but hiring like a marketing contractor and a writer. We had a bulk of content that we wanted created and it was all centered around like Black Friday content, running sales. We had it all kind of outlined and scoped. And that was a really successful way to work with a writer as a contractor. And I think we often like get a writer and we send them like random topics. But what I found was giving your contract writer a full kind of suite of content that had a similar theme that really helped them from post to post understand and dig deeper into that topic. And there's a lot of variety of topics and you have to kind of have at least a cursory level understanding of the product and of WordPress to be able to write on it. But It was really successful when we sent them that batch of content. What I will say is that the content wasn't as good as we can create. And I think that that's a big piece with when you're working with contractors for marketing pieces, that there will be more time um, spent by your team, spent in-house, getting it up to your standards. But using contractors to kind of do that first pass is a super powerful approach that we've seen with marketing. I will add that it was interesting working with this international contractor because their rates were so low in my mind compared to other people. So something I did and whether you do this or not, you know, I let them set their own rates. but when I did pay them, I would give them like a cash tip like round up a bit because I thought it was so low. and I think that's a way also that they they want to keep working with you as well. You keep the relationship healthy. you show them that they're delivering and, and delivering value for you. It creates like a healthier exchange. and if they have other people they're working with, maybe they're more inclined to do your work because the relationship is so healthy. so, it's kind of cool to work with contract writers, but I would say manage your expectations and batch work if you can.
1: like that for sure. Yeah, I think on my side, like I said, I have less experience with contracting stuff, but the ones, the couple, one, one. honestly, the, the biggest success we had with contracting was actually creating the Give logo, which I know a lot of folks have a lot of affinity for that logo. We love it and adore it. It's done really, really well for us over, over a long period of time. And uh, and we were very very early in our development as a company. It was really just me and Devin and our our partner Jason, and uh, we did not have the internal resources to. Really do an impressive logo like that. So the way Devin approached it was he went looking around on Dribbble for folks who did, who did really nice logos that had kind of like a hand felt feel to them and reached out to several. And I honestly feel like we really scored with that one contractor a long time ago. And it definitely was, gave us a bit of polish to our launch of the new product by having a logo that we really, really felt like stood out really strongly. And it definitely felt like we were punching up in terms of our our abilities at that time. And it's carried us through all these years as well. I think that was, that was a big deal. Also, we did a, a video that we also contracted out at that time. Contracted both the video animation part and the voiceover, which was kind of fun. A voiceover that we got from Fiverr, honestly. And all those pieces really came together. It did require a lot of essentially project management, both from Devin and myself, of course. And I think that that's a little bit of the, I don't know if it's a caveat, but it's something you have to take in mind. And similar to what Kim was saying about the the quality of the pieces she's getting on the marketing side. But if you are contracting, then I do think you have to take keep in mind that you have to have a lot of oversight of how that work is being delivered and whether it's up to your standards and things like that. Another one that I have learned about recently, it's a little bit of a, a, a story time thing, is obviously hearing more and more about how we have a lot of Part-time work, even on Zach's side, on the events calendar, Jackie, our designer over there, works part-time as a contractor, but it's it's about 20 hours, I think, Zach. and uh, Yeah, she's actually technically a part-time employee now, but she was a contractor with us for a very long time. Oh, there you go. Yeah, started out as a contractor and now a part-time employee. I think some uh, situation like that makes a ton of sense too, and maybe similar to what Kim was saying about that that's how you get to know folks in the beginning. And sometimes folks are not looking for a giant commitment. And I think that that's a reflection of the way the workforce is changing a lot. A lot of people want to have maybe two part-time jobs instead of one big full-time job, or they want to work two or three different small jobs. I know the difference between like feast or famine work as a freelancer and working full-time, it's a huge difference between those two environments. And so something nice in between might be really beneficial. I don't know, Zach, do you want to speak into that too? Yeah, we have a, we have so
3: many of those examples across our our team of folks that are either contract or contractors or, or even part-time employees, where really they're trying to Kind of control their own destiny. They want to be able to work on interesting work and balance that freelance lifestyle of like, do I have enough work or do I not? And so contracting with us and saying, hey, we'll easily fill up whatever you want. Tell us, do you have 15 hours a week? Do you have 20 hours a week? And we can fill that capacity and then they can go do other things, which we have, we've had great success with writers doing that kind of thing who are like really just amazingly high quality journalist level writers and they weren't they didn't necessarily want to write marketing content full time, but they were happy to do 15, 20 hours of of marketing content writing. And then they could use the other to go be pitching to newspapers or writing for tourism blogs and these kinds of things that that they felt maybe more professionally proud of and like portfolio style work while also having us to lean on to just kind of make sure that all the bills were going to get paid. And and they had kind of a reliable lifestyle. Lifestyle, We
1: see tons of that kind of lifestyle thinking in, in our contractors.
3: Yeah. Wow.
1: And it seems to really be working really well overall. So I, I'm impressed by
3: it, for sure. The other thing that's really nice is, for this thinking about part-time contractors is like, if you, you may not have enough work for a full-time project manager or something, but you might have a team that could really use, use project management. And they're not going to fill 40 hours of work, but they might fill 20. And so you can have a dedicated person who does that kind of thing. And you can kind of get, fill out more roles on your team, in those kind of part-time contract components, instead of having to say, okay, well, to build this team of five people and five different skill sets, I need to have five full-time employees. It's like, well, no, let's put together a team of contractors that are all kind of coordinating the work. And you can get some really cool teams put together that way.
2: I wanted to ask here, since we're kind of leaning into this idea of like a fractional team member, or a part-time team member, and this is really just a question to both of you, have you found more success when these people are like an hourly rate or like a fixed monthly? And just kind of speak to that because I struggle with a fixed monthly part-time person. I feel like I'm getting their best hours some months and then some months I feel like I'm not getting their best hours. So for us, it's it's been a challenge to have part-time people be like fully aware of everything that's going on within our team. So kind of what's worked better in terms of paying for contract work?
1: Hmm. I'll say from my perspective overall, we did definitely have some folks who are more of like the flat rate for a certain amount of hours a month kind of situation that we basically treat them like part time employees more um and i think under those circumstances it tends to work they're they're part of the team they're their own meetings they have domain based emails and uh, in our calendar and things like that though they're technically contractors they're they're part of the team and i think under those circumstances uh, it, it's working pretty well overall whereas when it comes to an hourly contractor that's doing stuff i tend to think of those really so much more as project based overall, but I, I definitely think Zach has different experience on that one than than I do. I I do like project based a lot because it's very cut and dry and clean and clear. And it, it's a, it's interesting also when there's the opportunity to just have back to back to back projects, so it feels like they're a part time employee just continually working on stuff. But you but you get to get keep them really focused on, on the next task at hand. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Zach, what about you? I was going to say most of what we do
3: is hourly, though we have everybody who is not everybody, but the vast majority of people who are contractors, we treat them just like they're part of the team and they attend scrums and work with a project manager to make sure they're getting their work done and have some subject matter expert on the team that's kind of making sure that they, they understand what we're trying to build and those kinds of things. So most of ours are are hourly that are part time. We have quite a few fixed full-time contractors who are working a, a full week as part of the team and a lot of times those folks are because they're in a in a country that's that's not the United States and doesn't require us to enter into a more complicated employment relationship with them so we can we can set up kind of a fixed contract for a, somebody who has a business in Brazil or something like that. So I don't know. It's a. It's definitely a mix. The fact that we have project managers on our team really helps with that. With the, with the keeping them on track and making sure we're getting the best out of them and and those kinds of things. Not to say it's not a problem. It's, but it it, it becomes sort of the same problem you have with any employee. It doesn't feel like a unique contractor problem. At least the way we manage it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, that definitely helped. I had a note to say like giving that contractor a direct report within your organization, whether it's a fixed period contract just for this month to deliver this item or this piece, or if it's an ongoing thing. When you're paying someone hourly, a way to keep it from ballooning into a larger expense than you had anticipated to make sure you're getting valuable work is to keep communication super clear. So I can imagine that those project managers really help. And if it's in a development-focused project, having a developer be their contact, be their code reviewer along the path, I think can help you from someone straying too far out of the fence of what you're looking for. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I'd love to pivot a little bit towards just best practices kind of combo in terms of what do you feel like are kind of the tactics to really making this work? I think Zach just highlighted one in particular, like project management seems to be really crucial when you're managing any team at all, but particularly with contract work, it feels like that kind of is a must in one form or another. But uh, what are other ways that uh, either of you have to to make sure that your contracting work is a success? I would also touch on just the kind of clearly defined expectations, right? Like
3: who, mm-hmm. And from many angles, what are we trying to achieve with the project? Who are your points of contact? What do we expect from you on a week to week? basis are there are there deadlines that are critical like all of those and a lot of that goes back to project management but it's all just like good management of the contract and then on the tail end like making sure they get paid consistently and on time and and those pieces because nothing
1: sours that relationship faster than questions about their pay. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good one. That's crucial.
2: I would say in our experience for even for writing for development anything as self-contained as possible for their Project so that they're not waiting on pieces from your team. You're not queuing up things and waiting on pieces from them. That's how we've been successful when I'm when not when I'm contracting someone to be like basically a team member, but when I have a certain project X delivered as self-contained as possible, so that we're not crossing wires. We're not also delivering components of it in in our house in our team that they can develop in a whole in some ways and and have regular checkpoints.
1: Mm-hmm. One thing I'm a little surprised at that I thought would come up a little bit more is I feel like we all must have like those nightmare scenarios where contract work is just going badly. <laughs> like, that, I, I mean, I, I, have, I have a couple in my mind, actually. But are, are there things that, that you all have experienced where you're like, oh, this is just not working? And how do you end a relationship like that? Like, what? how do you know when it's going badly and how do you just like end it? Ooh, we're shy on that one. Uh,
2: I guess I would say we've always done projects, test things that have a clear endpoint so that we kind of know. And I think if you start that way, you say like, we're going to try this for three months, then renew for six months. So you're not getting yourself in too long of a commitment and that you're always able to reevaluate that their expectations are clear. We're going to talk again at, at the start of month two. We're going to say, what, give you an idea of whether the temperature is hot or cold here. And and you'll know because, you know, it's respectful of a contractor. They only have so many hours in a month. They need some lead time to fill them for the upcoming months. And as a contract relationship, you're not owed anything when you're let go. So I think to be respectful of that, testing small projects and incrementing the contracts on some pattern, whether you, what, Fibonacci, I don't know, whatever you want to use. If it's a two-week project, a three-month project, a six-month project so that everyone is clear and you have those regular checkpoints. We did have someone that was international that came on as a support team member. And we just found after three months, their life was fairly unreliable. They had a lot of personal commitments to causes that were drawing them in at certain times and, and commitments there. They It turns out in a really unreliable place to work in a remote team. And they weren't keeping regular hours. And it was just things we couldn't have really learned or understood because we have other team members in the same location internationally. It wasn't something we, you know, assumed about where they lived, but it just turned out to be that way. And, and with regular meetings, we said like, hey, I know your Internet might be work not be working today, but you have expectations here. Or I know there's bad weather in this location or I know that this cause needs you right now, but it just became too unpredictable so it was yeah. bad in that sense but we didn't get ourselves in too much of a bad position because we made it clear you have to be able to show up to do your work and these are the requirements that you need technically to perform so it it could have been worse i guess if we had had extended engagements or weren't more clear but mm-hmm. something to think about internationally which it's outside of someone's hands as well mm-hmm. tough situation
1: yeah yeah and
3: I, I just i think a lot of it comes down to like clear communication with the contractor and sometimes things don't go well or sometimes it's not a good fit or i don't know it, it's very similar to the sorts of conversations you might have with a staff member or an employee mm-hmm. but honestly the contract relationship often just makes it cleaner even mm-hmm. than when you're dealing with a staff member so i i've got probably a dozens of examples of, of of contracts gone bad with individuals, but they all, I don't know, they all resolve relatively cleanly. And again, usually cleaner than with
1: an employee. Yeah, that's actually a good point because in some ways, if you think about it, like if things are going badly, it's almost like an advantage if they're a contractor because you're kind of assuming that they have at least two or three other coals in the fire going on. Whereas with employees, in many ways, it's all or nothing. Like when it, when this when you're their employer, this is where they get all of their income, and and it's a lot harder to end that relationship, knowing the consequences on the other side of it. With contracting, you're you're assuming that you're not going to continue this contract, but you, you can pick up a new one, or you got a couple others that are going to keep you afloat for a while. It might be a benefit. May it might encourage a little bit of that. I don't I don't want to overly sell it or anything, but in terms of that kind of Silicon Valley type mentality of hire quickly and fire quickly. Like you can go through contractors quickly if you had to, not that you would want to, but that it, they seem like it, it It would be easier to make that decision. I don't know. Does that resonate?
3: Yeah, I think it definitely resonates with me. I, I think it's a lot easier to end a contract and remain friends. Right, mm-hmm. like to say, hey, this didn't work out between mm-hmm. us, but uh, you know it's the situation, and and so we've seen that happen. So, or the project, like sometimes it's just priorities change, and so we're not going to work on this project for a little bit. And
1: I don't know, it's all always feels much cleaner. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that for sure. Kim, you have other tips or thoughts?
2: I thought maybe we could touch a little bit on how we find contractors, how we source. People, we've we've thrown out a few names, but if we could summarize a few of of the sources we use. I'm not great at this. I often just go to friends in the WordPress space and and ask, or I go to Twitter and I post. um, Matt, you mentioned Fiverr. How has that been? Has that been a great mm-hmm. source for you, or has that been a crapshoot?
1: <laughs> no, that we do not use it regularly, but we oh. we, we, used, we used it w- the one time on on the voiceover for the very first Give product video, which was which was a, a fun endeavor. We were like, we want to do this animation video and we wanted to like uh, we had this joke internally recently or i think it was online where folks are like the podcast is so much more interesting if they just had a british accent that's totally exactly what devin and i thought and and said let's get somebody with a british accent to do this video for us and so we got to scout some folks out on fiverr it worked it went well i liked it (laughs) I don't know that I would go there regularly. I thought the dribble method was actually a lot better. You see people's work on their portfolio and you don't know exactly where they are in terms of contracting or freelancing or whatnot. You reach out to them and they're interested or they're not and it's it's a much more loose and open situation whereas Fiverr I feel like can be a bit a bit intense and also kind of hit or miss too can you really do that whole thing for 15 bucks I kind of don't think so <laughs> but other than that other than things like that honestly contract work tend, we have tend to recruited them more internationally and in a very similar manner to to the way we recruit for employee work as well and that has worked really well I mean, I, I don't want to oversell this either, but on Zach's end, he actually works with a recruiter who is amazing, who, who finds folks all the time for us. So I think having recruiters in hand is always useful. But Zach, do you have other pools or other like places you dip into for contract work? It would, yeah, I I would be remiss not to
3: give a Daniela shout out, who's been our recruiter at Modern Tribe, and and today she's so good at it. And honestly, part of that is what you said is the the gen, like the normal employee sourcing process being kind of very open and honest in that process. That like hey, we're open to whatever relationship works for you. Do you, would you. Are you interested in this role at fewer hours or with the contract relationship? Is there something we can do here that's, that works better for your life? And so we've done that so many times. But in addition to Level Up, which I mentioned for support, we also use a company called Delazine for contract design work. Yep. Uh, there's so many cases, like every blog post has to have some sort of cool graphic at the top or whatever. And our design team kind of gets exhausted with that uh, with that production mill <laughs> when you're putting out a lot of blog posts it's like ugh, they want to do more strategic design work so we we've outsourced some of that production work to DelaSign and that's been a really great experience as well. We recently just signed a contract with a company called JDAQA to do some automated QA work for us. They're like ghost inspector experts. And so they're going to come in and and write a whole lot of tests for us. So that goes back to that kind of niche. Like, can you find a contractor who's really, really good at a particular area, maybe working on developing or haven't yet developed? So that kind of, you just start doing some searches and try to find some good recommendations from your network.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah.
2: I'll throw out a new video contractor, video editing service that we're using. We're like a week in and I'm floored. It's called Video Husky. And you send them your recorded raw video screen capture, still images, and just kind of write like a storyboard. I mean, it takes me five minutes to write out what I want. You can get really specific or you can say like, when I say these words, put this graphic up. And it's been amazing. It's a fixed price. I think it's Under $600 a month for unlimited video with a dedicated video editor that only works on your stuff. They told me that that video editor only has four clients in the month. So they did three of my edited videos in a week. And I had like one turnaround, one change. So I love to hire someone with that expertise. They're using Adobe Premiere. So I know that they're using a platform I can get the raw source from. So it's been really good. sounds like that design tool you're using, Zach, is that like Design Pickle is a competitor of theirs, but maybe a little bit better version if you Oh, I don't know
3: Design Pickle. Hmm.
2: Similar to that, I think you submit a request for a design type item. It's a fixed monthly or annual price, Hmm. and they kind of just manage a queue of design type contract work.
3: Yeah. So Dell design sounds like maybe a cross between that and the video Husky service. Cause we have a, we have a dedicated person that they put on our projects, which has been for design work is really great because he learned kind of our, our design language for the brand he's working on. So all his stuff comes back like really consistent and the feedback from our lead designer goes back to him and he's just gotten better and better the more we've worked with him. So it, it is kind of that like, dedicated resource on their end, but a fixed cost on our end that we can just kind of shoot him. And actually, they do a little bit of video as well, but I'm going to check out this video service. services.
1: Yes, I'm looking them up today. <laughs> that sounds amazing.
2: I know. I, I, I said to the guy after the sales call, I was like, is this too good to be true? Does everyone say that? He was like, not really. Like, that is. have you met anyone in WordPress?
1: <laughs> yeah. Watch out. They're going to all of a sudden be overbooked thanks to <laughs> WP product talk. Good job. Nice. Those are good sources for sure. I I know that a lot of folks also look at for development. Some folks work with WeDevs, which is a WordPress development agency. Some folks use them. I I think Codable is an interesting model. It's not really the same thing as what we're talking about here, but they definitely can help with some project-based work as well. Those are some of the kind of WordPress oriented shops that I'm aware of. And
2: I'll shout out to GoWP who also has some dedicated staffing services. And I know they're launching like a new brand for that, but you might know GoWP for managed WordPress maintenance Mm -hmm. type things, but they actually do uh, have some like staffing services. So you pay them and they hire and, and manage the relationship. So something cool to check out, something I'm considering checking out. And it's kind of like, they have tiered of developers, they have tier writers, and it's just a fixed monthly for you, for that person, for a dedicated resource.
1: Nice. That sounds good, too.
2: felt like a really actionable way to close this, giving people like a lot of the resource we've found, the things we've tested and tried, and the things we can all vouch for.
1: I like it. A resources segment, for sure. That's a good one. Yeah, well, we have hit the 40-minute mark, which is roughly the time when we start to wrap it up. So last thing is, before we go around the circle one more time, just want to give a shout-out to the WP Minute, who distributes this out for us on all the podcast platforms. So if you missed it, hopefully you're catching it now on Spotify or whatnot. And thanks a so bunch there. And we, earlier, in kind of like the rough pre-show, we were like, well, we should give a shout-out to Post Status their best, basically, our back channel way that we coordinate everything for this thing. So thanks a bunch, PostStatus. Um, also just all the tools. We're being funny about it. Google Sheets is great, but it it does take some tools tool tooling to get this done, and it's it's been working out pretty good so far. So thanks a bunch. Going around one last time, real quick. What's your last one recommendation? If somebody comes to you, they're a brand new product owner, just building up their business, and they're like. What do I need to do to contract successfully? Kim, Zach, what are you gonna tell them?
3: I guess I'll go first. So I I would tell every new product business that as soon as you can afford it, get a level up support person because it's just gonna give you more time to focus on working on your product and not taking first tier support. And they're gonna do a great job and they're gonna represent your product really well. And so I, I would tell everybody that right out of the gate.
2: Good tip. I guess I would I would say that there are great contractors. There are not great contractors. So don't be discouraged if you have relationships that don't feel right. Don't let that make you sour on the whole concept of hiring a contractor. All three of us have successful relationships, whether that's project-based, whether that's almost as a full-time team member or a part-time team member that's become a part of the ecosystem of our products. So give keep giving it a try. There are more people out there and you'll find the right fit.
1: That's a good well, that too. tip. Yeah. I think I would say start paying attention to your project management skills. You got to keep a pulse on these folks. So even if you're contracting out, you got to make sure that you're able to set good expectations and know when the work is done, done and not just kind of done and follow up with folks and all that kind of thing. So if you're going to contract out, start paying attention to how you project manage stuff. Thanks a bunch, everybody. For those listening in, help us out with a retweet of the Twitter space, with the hashtag WP Product Talk and tell the world what you learned today, what you liked, what you didn't like, why Zach is awesome and Kim is insightful and Matt keeps trying to make it happen. So thanks everybody so much. Kim, what are we doing next week?
2: Awesome, yes. This is a good lead into this week's talk. We're gonna take it one step further and talk about how and when to hire. And we're going to have guest host Kim Lapari. She's from Valet WP Valet. All kinds of cool stuff we'll be talking about when you want to take that contract relationship a little further, make it a little official.
1: Awesome! I'm looking forward to that. Kim is awesome. Two Kims. We're going to have two Kims. I'm going to be out. Uh, We'll find a <laughs>
2: Matt for you. Matt from WP Minute.
1: <laughs> it's not not too hard to find a Matt. Throw a rock and you'll hit one. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll have a, a good week. We'll see you next week.
0: Hey, listener, did you like what you heard on today's episode? Be sure to say thanks to the hosts today. Find them on Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever you do your social media. I'm sure they're there. Go ahead and say thanks for hanging out and providing some amazing content to you right here on the WP Minute. If you wanna support the WP Minute, you can join our membership. It's a great place to find other WordPress professionals who care about WordPress news, talk about WordPress news. Hey, you can even shape the WordPress news as it goes out as a producer. Become a member at the wpminute.com slash support or buy us a digital copy, however you see fit. To support the show, or just share us out on social media. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.